Welcome to episode 116, The Crosses We Are Called to Bear. I am your host, Damon Soka. Each of us has been given a cross or crosses to bear in this life. I have spoken about the crosses we bear in this life, at least in the sense of trials. There are three types of major trials we experience, and they do tend to bleed into one another. We face trials by our own choices, we face trials by others' choices, and we face trials specifically designed for our refining and eventual exaltation. Each is a cross we will bear, whether by our own negligence or by divine intervention. When we talk about crosses and bearing them up, it is not just the weight of the cross or the distance we must travel, but with a cross comes judgment and, of course, ridicule. Walking with the beam of the cross lashed to our arms, we must traverse the crowds that come into our path. Now, the cross is sufficiently cruel by itself, but to be judged by that crowd who really has no understanding of the burden, and then to be reminded again and again of our personal failures, is a punishment not even fit for Roman use. Now, I suppose that when we make poor choices, the cross we bear feels as though it might be deserved. Although I do not think that the Savior perceives repentance in that manner. Nonetheless, we can see the cause and effect, even if what we bear as a punishment is far greater than the Savior would have given. Even though we may feel some deserving nature regarding our cross, the judgment of the crowd that just won't let it go is always beyond the purposes of punishment. Certainly some type of punishment is expected when we choose poorly, but to be punished for life, or canceled, as it is called in today's world, seems to come only from Lucifer's domain and is a cross that really no one should have to bear. Judgment, ridicule, and cancellation have always been Lucifer's tools for millennia. Our history really should not be defined by, really, our history should not be our destiny, and our failures should not be our inheritance. Now, this is no truer than when we commit errors and mistakes while within the psychological grasp of mental illness. We tend to punish ourselves more than sufficiently through the mental torments of the illness. But to add to that self-inflicted wound, people's judgments, thoughts, and perceptions of our failures on a regular basis is truly a hellish path. Mental illness is enough of a cross to bear without the crowd. But with the crowd, at times, it is more than one person should bear. One of the great lessons, though, of mental illness is that we really should avoid recounting history, reliving misery, and listening to those who do. Now, speaking now of the trials by others' choices, when true accidents occur and we bump or crash into one another, sometimes the burden of the crash seems to outweigh the moment of the accident. This last week, I read about Sean Bradley, who was paralyzed, I believe, last year while riding his bike around his neighborhood. For those of you who don't know, he pay, played collegiate and professional basketball. The accident was innocent enough. He and a car came together while traveling in the same direction. The circumstances and the outcome could have been as simple as a little road rash and maybe a broken appendage. But in this case, he became paralyzed from the chest down. With a wife and three children, he went from an abled body father to what can feel like a terrible burden. He mentioned in the article thoughts of suicide, which, of course, are not uncommon for anyone who has lost the use of portions of their body. The outcome could have gone in 
so many ways, and I am certain that he has rehearsed that crash more times than he wants to admit. The what-ifs come, even when we are trying not to allow them, and that is no truer when depression and the what-ifs collide. The why of almost any accident of this magnitude is difficult to understand from the mortal perspective, and our brains desperately want to understand the why. When we factor in an omniscient being capable of interacting with our lives and see the miracle protection of one person and the paralyzing of another, it is sometimes difficult to see the omniscience. The whys of mortality are many, and the answers are often discussed more in tones of faith, immortality, and eternity, which, for the most part, do not entirely satisfy a mortal mind. It does provide hope for the future, but hope can fade quickly when day after day you feel a burden to your family and those around you. The trouble is that the Lord is not likely to give you that answer you seek to satisfy your mortal mind. The reason is, is because it doesn't exist. The mortal world sees no value in disabling a very able body. The loss of any type of freedom in mortality without the benefit of resurrection and immortality is a loss that cannot be made up. Mortality is about the here and now, not the eternal and lasting. Even, the, even if the Lord could show you the value of the cross you're bearing eternally, the mortal mind is generally quick to forget those spiritual moments in times of depression, despair, and self-pity. However, how we perceive the cross we are bearing is incredibly important to the process. If we see this cross as a torturous sign of death without the benefit of the eternal nature of life and the importance of the teaching moment for eternity, then the cross will loom large and become overbearing, wearing us down to despair and really quenching our hope. But if we see the cross we are bearing as necessary to our development, and that the Savior is ever willing to be yoked with us under the burden, the cross transforms us into what our Father in Heaven intended us to become. If we see the Savior as omniscient, even when difficulty crosses our path, then we can be assured that it has been allowed for our benefit, even if that benefit is obscured by the mists of darkness that surround a fallen mortal world. If we approach such moments, accidental or otherwise, from the perspective of mortality, they will always be a travesty. But accidents and divine design move us into the third type of trial we are asked to face and cross to bear, and that is one of the refining fires of exaltation. Whether by accident, by cause, by genetics, or even a combination of the three, each of us has been called to bear the refining fires of mortality. We've been called to bear our cross, or even crosses, each with its own burden. When I say called to bear a cross, I do not say that the Lord causes evil to occur. Certainly our burdens can and are caused by the careless or evil actions of another, and even by true accident. And yes, the Lord has the ability to protect us from evil and even the careless actions of others. But when he chooses not to, he has a valid reason. When we talk about refining trials, perhaps better said exalting trials, in our lives, we are talking about those difficult experiences the Lord allows to pass into our lives that allow us to ponder deeply and learn eternally. We need to experience those deep, 
penetrating questions of mortality. Each of us must pass through the whys from the eternal perspective. There really is no other way back home. These whys can only come from those penetrating moments where we question God himself, his actions or inactions in our lives, where we must broaden our perspective to eternity rather than our current mortal situation, and not just the ponder the questions, but the emotions and feelings that come with those questions. It is the emotions and feelings that cause us to search so deeply for answers. And when we search deeply, we will find. We need the answers to those deep questions because those deep penetrating questions are the ones that weld our lives to the spiritual and eternal, that consecrate our lives to the Savior. It is strange how quickly the importance of mortal things diminishes when we are asked to bear a difficult cross. And in some ways, that is really the purpose of the cross, to learn what is important and what is not. I am certain the deep penetrating whys for Sean Bradley have come regularly. But I also believe that when we regularly dip into that well, we find lasting answers. I don't know if Sean has found all his answers. I would guess not, simply because not all answers are generally found in this life, especially when accidents and outcomes of such magnitude present themselves. But I am certain that he and his wife and his family have found some of those marvelous answers that are so necessary for exaltation and are more likely to come with time, effort, and faith. The most interesting thing about the answers they have found through this trial and that we find through our trials are difficult to explain. And that is because those answers are often eternal and very personal. Some of the most sacred experiences of our lives will come out of those most difficult trials, burdens, and crosses that we bear. And the deep learning can almost feel impossible to explain, at least in the way we feel it. I'm sure that you have probably felt the futility of trying to explain the deep learning you have felt with your mental illness. You can relate the experiences and the words, but it is near impossible to relate the feelings spiritually and emotionally. And that is where true learning takes place, deep in the soul, where words simply cannot do it justice. I believe that the type of learning we truly need in this life can only come to us through these crosses and crowds. We can learn many subjects rationally and logically, and they are important to our lives, not certain in my current profession what I would do without numbers, dates, and logic, being a scheduler, but the lessons we need for eternity most often come from moments when we are asked to bear the cross and the deep whys of that burden across our shoulders. I have made no secret of the fact that I suffered with moderate to severe bipolar disorder from as early as I can remember until my mid-30s. What I might have not made so clear is that shortly after being relieved from the burden of severe mental illness, the Lord saw fit to introduce me to psoriatic arthritis and another autoimmune disorder, and a deterioration of my body for the next approximately 12 years. Of course, along with this burden came the depressions, anxieties, and mental illnesses so common with long-term autoimmune disease. I have gone to the why well too many times to count, and like so many others, deep questions have penetrated my mind of my mortal value and the purposes of such illnesses in my life. I personally would have thought one major illness would have been sufficient for one lifetime, but the Lord has seen otherwise. 
Although after 12 years and through the Lord's blessing, the illness has gone into some remission, I have no doubt that the Lord is probably not done with me. I still ponder at times the why of it all. And really, I think that's the purpose. If the Lord protected us from every major cross we would have to bear, the value of mortality would be diminished significantly. So, am I saying that you need your mental illness? My personal answer is yes, but maybe not for the reasons you might think. The value of mental illness cross is almost entirely found in the deep learning about oneself and one's relationship to the Savior and to the divine. Now you say that doesn't make any sense. How can an illness that restricts one's ability to participate in spiritual endeavors allow me to develop spiritual expertise? The answer to that question is one that no one likes to hear, especially in the moments of depression and mental illness, but it remains true nonetheless. If deep spiritual learning came easy, without significant effort, we would not value it as we do. If we did not have to face the crowds, ridicule, and the weight of the cross, and the distance we must travel, then spiritual muscles, mental and physical, wouldn't be strengthened. We would remain ever the same with only small improvements that would probably not provide the benefits we need for exaltation. The value in the cross is its weight and the ridicule of the crowd and the distance. No one likes the weight or the distance, and certainly no one cares for the mockery of the crowd. Both weight, all of it, weighs us down mentally and physically to the point that we feel as though we really can go no longer go forward. We feel as though we are alone, weak, and have no real value. But that is exactly where we need to be, because it is at those moments when we are most teachable and able to effectively turn off mortality and reach for eternity. When we have come to what we think is the end of our road, the maximum we can withstand by our own means, and we reach for heaven's aid, we do so without pretext or hidden agendas. We search without mortality and all its things blocking our view. In some ways, it is in this moment when we become purer of heart and intent, and we begin to see who we really are more clearly. Once we have this truer perspective, the Lord can then lead us along, carry our burden with us, and teach us of his ways. And most of all, that learning sticks. Because when we are burdened and truly needing help and understanding, the Lord can work to change our nature, not just our behavior. We become something new rather than simply changing our clothing. As part of my questioning, I often wonder if the Lord gives mental illness to those individuals who would naturally lean towards the spiritual in this life, meaning that if spirituality came easy to us in this life, the Lord would allow for a cross to be lashed to our backs and arms and a murmuring crowd to make seeking the spiritual more difficult. Without that cross, the value of mortality for us would be minimal. We would find it easy to obey divine commands and walk the pathway of the gospel. Without deep thought or penetrating questions, mortality would be somewhat the equivalent of a Spanish 101 course in college when your native language is Spanish. Sure, you might learn something, but it would be minimal and forgettable. Exaltation requires that we answer the deep penetrating questions that come with a veil and mortal entanglements, not a quick test where most of the answers are known. We need troubling experiences, loud obnoxious crowds, 
and questions that don't have easy answers. We need to learn mercy with all of its difficult requirements, including the ones that require us to forgive every person, regardless of their sorrow for their actions, whether they have asked our forgiveness, and how difficult their punishment is or will be. Somewhat like Sean Bradley, we need to feel paralyzed at times, estranged from those things we love to do in mortality, brought down to deep sorrow, and plead to know why. We need to feel the no answers from heaven and the answers that don't come when they feel they should when we feel they should sometimes even lost roads are necessary for us to find our way back to the iron rod although i am not advocating the leaving of the path to find it again what mental illness provides is exactly what we need and when our learning is complete we will be free from the confines of our psychological illness and perhaps we will then move on to other deep learning trials Come as they may, it's important to remember that they are given for eternal purposes, allowing us to see eternity and discard the moral temporaries that so often clutter our lives. You ask me if my years of walking in mental illness darkness were worth it. I will say a resounding yes, and I will add that I fear where I would be without it. Were the endless nights and days of physical pain and exhaustion of any value with my autoimmune diseases? To my mortal eyes, no. But to spiritual eyes, again, there comes a resounding yes. Can I tell you all that I have learned by my experiences? The answer is no. It simply is not possible. And really, that is the key to it all. Learning the ways of the Lord is personal. It cannot be transferred, taught, or transitioned to another. Salvation is truly a personal journey that can only be lived and experienced. May the Lord bless you to ask and find these deep questions, and then to find those wonderful answers of eternity. Until then, may you do your part so that he can do his. Until next week.